it was the open that really opened up my eyes to say this is not an amateur sport anymore nor can i just give it my best and maybe slip in there you know when i started getting into the the teens of thousands of places and i was like nah this is this is different and i started looking at the injuries i was accruing and the time i was putting into it and saying i, I can't invest the same what am i really looking for here i want to be fit want to be really fit and I, I am competitive so I'm gonna I'm gonna still put that effort in but I can't continue on this career path I want to go on if I can't move if I if my back gets worse if my knee gets worse welcome back to the building better people podcast this is your host Charlie Lima I am so excited today for Tyler VTech to join me on the podcast Tyler's one of our coaches you're gonna hear his fitness journey today and you're gonna learn all about why he's a coach. Enjoy. Hey guys, my name is Tyler Vitek. Uh, I'm a coach here at College Station CrossFit. Coached back in the day, came back. Um, I got a wife. I live here. I'm a Brian firefighter, and my wife is a grad student at AM. She's getting her PhD. And uh, we've been here now for about, I've lived here for seven. She's probably lived here about nine. And uh, just really enjoying being back in, in, you know, here at this gym. Something that, uh, the real gym family is a huge deal, huge deal to be a part of, and it's it's a pretty awesome place. So, man, I feel like when I met you, and and I know you weren't like a kid, but I feel like you've grown up so much <laughs> <laughs> because you were you were here in like twelve, two thousand twelve. You know, you were twenty, what, twenty two, twenty one years old. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I mean, just since you've been back for these few months, I, I feel like you're. I mean, not that you were incredibly immature, but just you were, you know, it's just you're, I mean, you've, you're all grown up, man. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's great having you back at the gym and we'll get to that and talk about kind of how you got here in the first place. But, you know, what I really like to kind of dive into in the podcast is people's fitness journeys and, and kind of what has led them to where they are today, which you being a firefighter, a coach, um, you've, you know, you've already gone back to your level one a second time. So you've been doing CrossFit quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really figuring out what led you to where you are today. So where does that all start for you? So throughout high school, I was pretty competitive, uh, really competitive in track, really competitive in football, but a series of injuries led me to fall out of high school sports. And, uh, was pretty down about that, but me and my brother, my big brother, we we stayed competitive throughout life. Uh, he was also he was I was kind of chased his achievements in sports throughout high school until I got that injury. And um, come about 2010, I'd I'd recouped a bit. I'd gone to college. I'd worked out here and there, but I was I wasn't really wasn't getting the same thing out of fitness that I that I so badly strived for until uh, my brother. I moved back home to the DFW area. My brother said, "Hey, come to my garage." It was March 18th at 6 a.m. in 2010. He said, come to my garage. We're going to try this thing called CrossFit. And I said, all right. That sounds crazy. And then he described Murph. We were doing Murph that morning. Your first workout. My first workout at 6 a.m. March 18th, 2010 was Murph. And I said, well, <laughs> that sounds borderline impossible. What, what were the workouts that you were doing before that or at that time? scattered bodybuilding workouts here yeah and there. so like chest and back buys yeah. and tries and murph did murph just destroy you and then murph happened yeah i didn't run i was still had various amounts of scaled knee and back injuries so the concept of murph was terrifying 
And, oh, uh, how long did it take you? Do you even remember? I want to say somewhere in the 50s. And if there was a video of that day, I would say that 200 push-ups never looked worse. <laughs> and I don't know if half of those pull-ups touched the bar. <laughs> but yeah. I know that the it, it was the day after that I said, yeah, let's do this for pretty much ever. Isn't that funny how yeah. people, like, it's it's very similar stories that you hear people going through this crazy hard workout yet wanting it more and wanting to continue trigger something so in 2010 did you kind of in that time really know what crossfit was not really not until my brother showed me it and then uh man i dove in i dove in hard well i remember because you were i mean you were a good athlete and back then you know the open was really like well it started in 2011 Mm -hmm. and if you were at all good you were going to be in the top 50 or 60 which back then the top 60 went to regionals i remember after after 2011 i I had that wild dream of one year of solid training i might get in but then crossfit grew at a much higher pace than my training did what was your at that time your build like were you how how tall how much do you weigh so currently I, I weigh about 190, 195 and uh, definitely more of a strength guy. Uh, but I've always had a body or kind of a, a body weight stuff was my forte. When I was, when I started it off, I probably weighed 155, 160. And uh, so those things like Murph, Cindy, those type of workouts, I just laughed at them and just blew through them. But you know, the first time he told me to deadlift anything over 225, well, I pretty much hit the ground at that point and slowed down. But since then, I, I think my entire shift in body style and workout style has so, turned more weight. You know, those in my mind are really kind of, you know, the earlier days of CrossFit. And what what were you doing for workouts? Like, where did you find workouts? Were you looking at blog? You remember back then blogs were big, like... Of course, you had main site, but we were big main siders uh, for a long time, and then. And for those of you listening, just I'll, not to interrupt you, but main site is CrossFit.com, mm-hmm. and and CrossFit.com still to this day puts out workouts every day. And back in the early days, that's pretty much every anything everybody did. Yeah, that's where you got your workout, and then you posted your times to the comments. Everybody posted how they did. And it was, I mean. To the elite level athletes would post how they did, and you could keep up with everyone. And it was that was the coolest, probably the most intriguing aspect of early CrossFit was this like we're competing again. Well, it's like a community, yeah. And honestly, it's a lot like what kids do these days on video games, you know, where they can compete against other kids in different cities, and you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. You felt a part of it. Yeah, you felt like you, oh man, and then you kind of start seeing certain people on the leaderboard that. Mm-hmm. That you don't even know them. You've never met them before, but their times and their scores are right around where yours are. And you oh, always, yeah. you know. Yeah, that was definitely the coolest part of it. So all. where would y'all do these workouts? Started off in my brother's garage. And uh, what, what was equipment that you guys use? Like how would you modify <laughs> if you didn't have certain things? We, it was a true garage gym. Uh, we tried to, we, we made our own pull-up rig out of uh, just pipe and, and posts and then other, otherwise he had an old rusted out barbell and we were able to get some bumper plates until we finally got a nicer rogue bar. But uh, six months into that journey, my brother started a CrossFit affiliate. Uh, and we started 
building in some people. We finally got a gym. That's kind of where I started my first coaching step. And where was that? CrossFit Argyle. In Argyle? Mm -hmm. Where's that? Argyle is north of of Roanoke, south of Denton. It's just south of Denton, uh, which is north of like the Fort Worth area. Is it a, how big is it? What? CrossFit Argyle now, which by the way is owned by a totally different person now, but uh, Argyle itself had a population of 500 and oh. we, we almost entirely relied on people coming in from nearby cities, Denton and Flower Mound, which were much larger. Denton's got six digits of a population. Man, so you guys were really kind of early and just... You know, Very. kind of the founders of of getting and, and there, you know. So we affiliated, and, and a lot of people don't know this. We affiliated in two thousand eight. When I say we, I affiliated College Station CrossFit. I went on my to my seminar in two thousand eight May. Affiliated in August September actually is when we pay our dues. We were the four hundredth worldwide affiliate, and now there's over fifteen thousand. And oh, yeah. you guys, I mean, in two thousand ten had to be. I mean, pretty close to the beginning, right? I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember. I mean, we we had a pretty close knit. We could handshake. You know, we had pretty much all the numbers of the nearby affiliates in, in one small phone. Uh, so the ability of to name on two hands where the nearest affiliates were over the next twenty mile radius was a big deal. Did you go to your level one at that time, or I went to my level one? I want to say. January of 2011. So you were helping your brother. Yeah. Just get, were you doing anything else? School. Yeah. Just lots of school. Uh, that's At that time, I'd come back. I went to tech for a year, came back home, started going to EMT school, and then was just kind of working on some random classes here and there. So, you know, a lot of people, especially if you go to our gym, and, and you obviously being around CrossFit for as long as you have, you know, gyms are ran so much different today. I mean, they're... They're, they're really ran like a business, which they should have been mm-hmm. ran from, from the beginning. But describe to me those early days of affiliation and like what, what was that like for you and your brother? That's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. It was weird. Uh, financially, it was, a, it was a pretty good little gut punch and we tried to figure out how to handle it. But I think the, the craziest part was it was ran like a business and not to say that affiliates don't help each other now. But the sheer volume of affiliates almost telling their members to go to other gyms and especially up there, the the close knit there was a few rifts in a few gyms here and there of, of of competing gyms, but for the most part it was almost like we were a big affiliate between all the local gyms and we just kind of shared people. Uh, that was at least that's how it worked up there. So you say what you're saying is it was hard to basically build a membership mm-hmm. in, for it was you guys. very hard. It, and CrossFit was so new. It was so intimidating for a lot of people. Uh, luckily, we got some diehard members. One of them is now a coach. One of them owns a gym. And I know a handful who to this day still do CrossFit. Um, but for the most part, there was two gyms in Denton that we kind of, not to steal members, but we we told them where we were and they told some clients that were closer to us to come give us a try. Yeah, and I think back in those days, and, and I think it's a little different now, and it honestly probably depends city to city, town to town, mm-hmm. The what we'll call the respect or the overall community right, of the town and the CrossFit community. And I think back then you had a little bit more of that stuff going on. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, again, the early days of CrossFit, you know. We were all brand new. It was just, yeah, and it was a lot of people who just loved working out, opening gyms, and had no idea how, what 
what running a business was like. And so when did you exit coaching at that gym or, or, or what was it? How did you transition out of that? We survived until the next summer. <laughs> <laughs> My brother kind of was given the ultimatum from his wife because it was a 45 minute drive to get to this gym. So he had a, he had a new, a new wife and a new kid and she kind of told him like, look, you're gone almost all day. And he's, he's also a firefighter. So he's working a 2448 schedule as well as when he's not there. He's, he was all the way in Argyle when they lived in, in Grapevine. And uh, they were kind of giving the ultimatum of like, look, the gym or, or this. And so he, he stepped down from the gym. He let me kind of desperately try to run. I was 19. That didn't work. And, uh, and sure enough, all the members too, when they found out about the drama, was like, look, we're, we're out of here. And there was a devoted five that stayed and those five are the ones who i know for a fact where they are today which is super cool Um, wow but yeah we made it till that next summer but one of the gyms that we knew when we were very close with i ended up getting on there so i just kind of hopped over so give me this tyler because i think you know even though your brother owned the gym and you're so like i said you're so much more mature now and and you you've got wisdom in your years right but like what have you learned even though you weren't the gym owner but it sounds like you were very connected to that beginning of the gym with your brother what did you learn in that experience like what can you speak to if if there might be somebody listening that actually owns a gym and they're kind of in that in the trenches and Mm -hmm. they're trying to figure it out what what do you what do you what what do you what kind of wisdom do you have to share well i want to say the words don't cater to the members in a sense but listen to your clients uh we didn't we we grasped that sense of this is crossfit this is going to be a hardcore crossfit gym and we scared a lot of people away because up there it is a total different environment than a college town like College Station. Um, but not only that, in a sense, listening to the clients is a big deal. But to still inst- instill the authority that this is your gym and give it the kind of personality that it's supposed to have. Uh, I feel like our gym never did back then. We were pretty much just trying to survive for the most part. We didn't really give that time to become the community aspect of that area. Uh, so I'd say with, with, the, with what I learned at that then was to listen to the clients, but also to make sure the clients know who you are as a gym and create the family effect. How old is your brother or how much older is He's he? He's seven years older than I am. Okay. So yeah. So he, he gets out, you go to another gym, start coaching there. Keep working out. How's your oh at that time? You know, this is 2000, what, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. How's your uh, your fitness at this point? Are you are you like really crushing it? Or are you declining? Are you what do you what would you say? I was doing pretty good. Uh, I was working eight. I started working jobs where I was working eight hours a day, and then I trained for three hours a day, and then I'd coach for another three hours a day. Um, pretty much did that for most of my youth, and then. Uh, but because of that, those three hours of coaching, it was me and a buddy of mine really became really good workout buddies. And uh, we really amped up our training for a while. Uh, and I think that's where I gained a lot of strength. And I became what I really thought was on the way to being a like competitive level athlete for a little while. Uh, until more real life kind of finally settled in. What was your, just to put it in the open perspective for people who remember that at that time, what was your best open finish? I 
want to say I was in the thousand, like 1,000 area. Did you do any competitions? Uh, here and there, just spotted. Never really, none of the big competitions. Uh, I, being as, as hard as I trained and the lack of sleep. And back then, I didn't start stretching until probably year seven of CrossFit. So lack of those things. I got kind of peppered with a good amount of injuries. And then the injuries I had in high school kind of would creep back on too. I, had a, I have a bulging disc in my lower spine. So those kind of crept back on because I didn't take care of them. So now, you know, you being a firefighter and uh, EMS and, you know, and you function primarily here at College Station CrossFit as the on-ramp coach. And, you know, we had somebody who had some kind of limiting factors and we kind of talked to you about it and you kind of have a lot more insight into just because of your education and training but also because you've been hurt before so 2019 crossfit is i mean it's it's not going anywhere it is growing and we've it's it's got roots we have a lot of people coming in that are brand new to crossfit but you also remembered it from those days and trying to be the CrossFit Games champion when you first start. You came in with some injuries. You said you had several injuries. I have had several. Uh, I feel like I've had some injuries, not anything major. Thank the Lord. What can you say to people as they're getting started to prevent any major injuries? Listen to your body. Stretch. Listen to your body. Hydrate. Um you know, especially if this is your first time doing fitness, you know you're coming into something new. You know you're coming, you're about to put more on your body than you have in a while, especially if this is your first time in years. I mean, the amount of people who are 40 or 50 and are like, yeah, I haven't jogged since I was 20. Be ready to be patient and be ready to, to properly rehab. Not enough people do. Uh, a lot of people, especially my early clients, I had a guy his first month in, he did, he was doing, I didn't realize he was doing almost four times a day. And he ended up bulging multiple discs in his spine in one day. Um, it was a bad day. And it's because he had that mindset of this is CrossFit, I got to go. And that was really early on. And now the biggest thing I emphasize to new people, baby steps. Baby steps, welcome to the fitness journey. One of the biggest aspects, this isn't a side aspect, the first aspect is making sure your body is well taken care of and then you can become fit. I think that's such a good point, man. Like so many people need to realize we're in this for the long game. And, you know, Gus and I did a episode on our BoomFit Bros in the first one talking about longevity. And, you know, he Gus said something that was, I think, pretty good where he said, basically, whatever you're doing, you need to be see yourself doing in 20 years. Exactly. And I think sometimes we want to get so much so quick you know we get in here we want to you know get our first muscle up in the first year mm-hmm. and that and that's an aggressive goal if i'm honest if you're brand new and you've never had any exposure to gymnastics people don't don't know this like I, it took me i started crossfit in 2008 i remember and it was not pretty getting my first muscle up in 2010 yeah and you know and then i really didn't get handstand push-ups until around 2010 but i wouldn't even say that i got decent at them until like 2015 (laughs) and so it's balancing the desire to grow right Mm -hmm. and when i say grow all i mean is grow in the sport 
and your skills and your strength, but at the same time, not hoping for it to happen so soon because mm-hmm. it's that pace that determines injury. Exactly. And the, the other thing I try to stress to people is welcome to CrossFit. We aren't all training to be CrossFit champions. But yes. when I suggest that we're, we're doing squats today, we're doing it so that you can get out of a chair 20 years from now. We're, I'm not worried about you winning any gold medals here and there. I want you to be able to get off the ground, get out of chairs. This is longe- longevity. Longevity, fitness throughout life is essential to be functional throughout life. I like it, man. I think that's huge. So you're you're now coaching at this other gym, working out. You know, you're still taking care of your fitness, but you're also getting a few injuries here and there. And what was the next part of this? Where you when did you end up coming down to College Station? 2012. Uh, came down for paramedic school, attempt number one, and uh, during that time, that's when I found College Station CrossFit, uh, Boom Fit. Was, it was actually, I think that's when BoomFit was the big label of it all. And uh, luckily was able to incorporate myself here. Yeah. Um, How did you uh, find our gym? What was your first experience like? When I came here, it was, I remember it was, I mean, shoot, uh, BoomFit, Body Lab, and... CrossFit A&M, which was Black Box. Black Box, yeah. That was really kind of it. And so coming down, of course, I'm Googling as much as I can, where am I going to do CrossFit? Because... I was young, and that was my, well, I know I'm going for school and the rest of my life, but CrossFit, where am I going to do that? And uh, so through Google, I found here, and I did try, tried a few, and then I said, no, this is this is it. I like this one. You kind of went all in, too, man. Yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. You were all about it. It was awesome. I, I mean, I invested a lot of time. Uh, this, this place became really my home, and then, uh, I mean, we, I put some hours in here. Remember, especially when when Aggieland opened, yeah, the you know that split during that time. I I was working like nine hour days here. Were you still in paramedic school? So that was it was actually a really good time. I think I just finished school, and it was the there was a lull between paramedic and fire school. I started fire school in late spring of that year of two thousand thirteen, twelve or thirteen. Um, so long ago. And then what about kind of your fitness in that season? We'll call it, you know, from 12 to probably when you just got back in 19 here at the gym. So any, I mean, any major injuries or, or, or major accomplishments in that time? I would say the difference from 2012 to now is I started to emphasize more. I started to let go of that competitor aspect. Because as uh, I kind of went on, I still kept on to, I'm still going to, I can't not work out to my highest ability, uh, but I'd say the biggest injury was real life. And uh, I just had to step back and say, well, what is my goals? What am I looking for? And while I still tried to stay as top of my game as I could, I recognized that I, I need to work. And uh, so working started taking a pretty heavy toll on staying at that top tier um, but luckily, as I got into my careers, a lot more time per- is permitted. So let's let's expand on that a little because uh-huh. I think I don't know if it's still a thing, but I gotta think that it still affects some people. Maybe not as many as it used to. And I think the reason it used to affect so many people more was because the when you looked at CrossFit as a sport, you really considered yourself like a candidate 
to compete at a higher level. Yeah. Like a normal common fit person, right? Today, I think even the fittest people in most gyms don't even consider the chance of them going to a higher, you know, competitive right sport in crossfit and and i think again i think that shift has decreased the probability or the chances of some people giving crossfit way more attention and time than it needs and deserves not to say that negatively but you you said it really well you know that you you feel like that's been a big transition so give me some of the mindset behind that decision or that perspective that you have now comparatively to before and has it been difficult to accept that? Yes, uh, <laughs> incredibly. Back in the day, it was the open that really opened up my eyes to say, this is not an amateur sport anymore, um, nor can I just give it my best and maybe slip in there. It, you know, When I started getting into the, the teens of thousands of places, and I was like, nah, this is, this is different. And I started looking at the injuries I was accruing and the time I was putting into it and saying, I, I, I can't invest the same. What am I really looking for here? I want to be fit. I want to be really fit. And I, I am competitive, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still put that effort in. But I can't continue on this career path I want to go on if I can't move, if, I, if my back gets worse, if my knee gets worse. I, I can't go anywhere with it. And um, my brother actually opened me up the biggest to it. He started doing semi-pro football. And while he was a firefighter, there's a firefighter league. And he severely injured his shoulder. And he put the pads away and said, you can't. You can't threaten your career like this. You've got to look out for yourself. And that happened early, long, early on enough that I was like, you know, you're right. And uh, so I still put the the same passion, the same enthusiasm I had into working out, but it didn't make it my like, oh man, if I don't get this many hours of fitness today, I, I'm at a loss. I'm going to move back. I turned it, no, I'm, I'm staying fit. I'm staying where I need to be. I started looking at my health as the priority and moved on with that. But I mean, I still held on to the, well, I still want to be better. Yeah, than so no, much. and I, I mean, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I think as when you're in that mindset that you used to be in where it's like you got to constantly like get better and achieve more and be the fittest person in the world right in your mm-hmm. mind there's there's a you got to give it way more time you you kind of beat yourself up mentally about you know oh man my clean and jerk isn't at whatever you hoped it would be mm-hmm. or man my you know, my friend time or my, you know, the, oh man, I didn't place in the open. That one workout, you know, that I got whatever place really set me back. And it, it becomes this mental, but mental challenge. But once you accept, it's just working out. Yeah. And hey, like, yeah, we're not going to like kick our feet up and like totally go so relaxed that we're not going to get better. No, we're going to keep working out hard but you're accepting that it's just a workout. Exactly. I'm 28 years old. I'm in a career. (laughs) I've got to, I want to do this career in 20 more years. That being said, I want to be the 45 year old firefighter that all the rookies like, I got to work out with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. So, and I think that perspective too really helps in coaching because now, like you said, you see, you want these people to understand, Hey, I want you to squat so you can get up and down. 
you know, and you, especially working with on-rampers as they're getting started and never done CrossFit, having that experience and knowing, you know, seeing so many different people come through CrossFit in the way that you have, it kind of gives you that really strong perspective, but also kind of a, a, almost ability to speak into them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So l- the question, the last question that I ask everybody is, you know, here at the gym, when you were here, I don't know if we had u- started using the Building Better People because that was like 2013. I think so, I was kind of in between. Yeah, so it was it was kind of birthed in that season right yeah. after maybe you had left. And so, uh, but now that you're back, you obviously can see that it's a big part of who we are and it really just embodies our purpose, right? And I, sh- I shared this with you individually, but we believe that when you work out, you become a better version of you. And so we want to help people to to work out and to understand that and ultimately for more more than just their physical benefit. And so what do you think building better people means and, and, and how can you relate to that? I think building better people in a sense of where a gym can come and play Sorry. is not only fitness, is is aspiring you to do something more with your body than just exist. And fitness helps you reach goals that you never thought you were going to reach. Helps you do things that you never thought you were going to do, and just feel generally better. And then on top of that, the community aspect, and the you know people expecting you to come. You know people are pushing you to come. You're pushing other people. You have the role to affect someone else's day, and that's where that's a big deal. Uh, a daily, you know, somebody only one event can change someone's whole life. And to, to come to a gym, to take that step that they never thought they'd take and have somebody embrace them, that's making them better. That's making you better as a person as well, is just letting people in like that. So the gym's role about building better people is truly that, is building them from fitness to lifestyle of just being generally better. And a gym that embraces that concept, as like we do here, is a big deal. If that's something you won't get at your typical I have a membership I'm in there I'm working on a corner with heavy headphones you're 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 part of something here you're part of a, a gym family and that's going to make you better as other people get better if you truly invest your time and they invest your time into you their time into you thank you for tuning in today don't forget to subscribe to the building better people podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle